I had a family once. I had a life. Now all I have is a podcast. Oh, we're just going straight with ripping up Blank Chatsford. <laughs> oh, I just was doing a, a, a quote uh, replacement. I didn't have a, a better intro than that. I can, I mean, do we want to get it's into fine. It's fine. German expressionism was hard to like, you know, shoehorn in for an early fact. Um, you know, oh, I caught a fly with my eye. I don't, you know, there's there's a lot of things in here we can talk about, but not a lot of them are, are very plithy ways to open up a podcast. Yeah, we got to work on these intros. Welcome to episode three of Season Actress, focused on the works of one Charlize Theron. Mm -hmm. This is this is so so Charlize. Um, I like top to bottom, including tops and bottoms, outfits galore, Mm. lots of interesting fashion um, in this film that kept my eye. So, Alice, what did you think of this film? I I don't think I actually saw this before, and it was weird. <laughs> I liked it, and then I didn't like it, and then I kind of came back around to liking it at the end. Um, I, I will say, I realized afterwards that this movie was directed by, I mean, it said in the credits, but the movie was directed by Karen Kusama, who is a director that I really like, but I more know her for doing more horror and sort of um really horror adjacent things like she directed Jennifer's body she was the oh. she was the director of the pilot and one of the one of the major um um I think stylistic in- inspirations for the show yellow jackets which is also pretty like oh okay spooky. um and so and so about halfway through the movie when some gory stuff starts happening I was very confused and then seeing her seeing that she directed it I was like oh, okay no that makes sense actually I get it yeah, so this was one of those films that, one for the longest time, was merged in my head with Ultraviolet because they just both looked yep. similar. I didn't really know the plots of either of them. I have seen Ultraviolet. That one was not great. I, I really didn't like it. Um, I don't think Mila, jo- Mila jo- oh, wow, jo- Djokovic? Mila Djokovic. Djokovic. Mila, I don't think Mila Jovich has that much chemistry, like charisma on screen. And like Charlize Theron, this movie was weird, but she yeah. was so grounded in it that I never really questioned the weirdness all that much. I just sort of accepted this is the world that I'm in. I mean, she was, she was, this is like prime Charlize. I know that I think, I think when Charlize really hit it big with action stuff was much later when we get to like Atomic Blonde mm-hmm. in the past movies where she's a bit older. This is like peak young Charlize. Yeah. It was, it was, and like the outfits they put her in were very much accentuating that. Someone, someone who worked on this movie has a thing for women walking on all fours. Oh my God. They, they had a lot of that. that I, I get, I'm guessing that must be something from the animated series, but yeah, there was that a be, lot yeah. of on fours on top of buildings, on fours going in between gardens that will stab you or shoot you, all fours um, when you are trying to duck and get away from people shooting at you, lots of bullets in this uh, utopian place. Um, yeah, so we so we should sort of set up, I guess, the premise of this movie. Like, is, is there an sure. easy way? I mean, 
We, of course, had okay. text at the top of the screen. Yeah. You know, that tells us so, part of what it is. First off, I, I just have to say, before we even get into the movie, the MTV Films bumper, which is this maybe the first time I've seen it, is unhinged. Oh. It's like a room full of... It's a room full of astronauts in like like watching a movie, and then it zooms out through the MTV logo. It was fucking weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the movie takes place in this like post-pandemic society. There's a virus that kills ninety nine percent of the population, and the remaining five percent of the population live in a single city called Bregna. Um, a guy named Goodchild, his last name is Goodchild developed a cure for them but they also are told that they can't leave the city because the rest of the world is completely overtaken with nature and um it's kind of one of these i feel like i really do tend to like these stories where it's like dystopian but like dystopian but parasitic like paradise in this at the same time mm-hmm. um it, it feels very much like a star trek episode locale or even like even like um there's this uh, movie I really like called um, Paradise Hills, which is like this like Spanish horror movie that's about this um, school for women, where it's very similar to this. Like they all have uniforms, they all dress dress kind of the same. They're, everything's everything's just kind of genteel and nice, but there's the you know the the seedy underbelly lurking underneath. Yeah, I'm only realizing in this moment, comparing it when you started comparing it to other stuff. There's a bit of a Logan's Run vibe to this, just because it's like yes. a central same, location. Same the outside mm-hmm. is um, inhospitable. There is a very unique way of procreation <laughs> that is a uh, uh, line throughout it like you i didn't know what this film was about except for the fact that it was an adaptation as i started watching i'm like yeah i had no clue any of this shit was in this mm-hmm. but it all kind of is stuff that i like so it kept stacking and yeah. being like oh okay this is actually really interesting um yes. we have to talk about the bregna fashion I loved the Bregna fashion. Oh my god! Yes. I loved all the outfits. I loved. I loved the like. I mean, it was very, very, very traditional. Like women are wearing like dresses and tights, and men are wearing just sort of like jumpsuits. But I loved that they were all soft colors and not, and basically no colors were repeating. Yes. I also thought it was hilarious how they they introduced this character Aeon, and she's like, "I'm a monokin. We're oppressed." And but she's wearing like all like she's wearing this ridiculous all black outfit and stands out compared to everyone else. Yes. It, and no one comments on it. It was one of those things where. I worried off the bat because you, you, we don't tend to talk too much about the experience and specifics, but you talked about your uppiness and downiness downiness with it. And when I saw that outfit, which is like, so business, business tight in the middle, sexy open skirt leg on the bottom with like high heels, and then a weird like skin tight mesh eye covering outfit that right. almost but, gave me but like only, but only vibes. part of the face yeah it had like a widow's yes. peak like essentially going yes. down and and, a, and like a seam right up the middle on the middle of her face too it was i was just like what is happening here? no one else has head coverings this is not like it's a nope. thing where oh she's trying to blend into someone nope nope just she's wearing it yeah um so yeah, we're introduced to, to Aeon. She is a monokin, and then it's explained that they are fighting against the resistance of the wh- whoever is controlling society. Um, and then she's intru- She goes and meets with her sister, who I didn't recognize. Who I didn't realize was a sister until I think like the end of the interaction. We're introduced to her sister, 
who I didn't really realize was her sister until the end of the interaction. They're sort of talking in code about things, and the sister has invited her over for um, for dinner with 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 the boyfriend, and she and she says, "I don't know if I can make it to the to to dinner because she's received a new mission." To infiltrate the um, infiltrate the the government, I guess basically, or the, whoever's ruling this city, um, in an attempt to find more information about Goodchild. Yeah, and it's interesting because they have a conversation about how like she's not doing anything. The sister's not doing anything. She's ignoring the problem, and mm-hmm. Aeon is very much like, and I'm acting, and the sister's like, I'm not really into what you're doing. And I, yeah, I kind of inferred that they were sisters early on, but they don't, yeah, spell it out until a little bit later. Um, but it it just shows that the, already the sacrifice that Aeon Flux is having to make in order to be with these these people is she doesn't have mm-hmm. a, a life anymore, essentially. Yeah, and um, in the background, there's also. There's also a bunch of things about how people are continue to have like bad dreams, like nightmares yes. of some kind. And then also people have been disappearing. Um, there's a there's a father who keeps showing um, showing pictures of a of a daughter to, to to strangers, being like, "Have you seen my daughter? Have you seen my daughter?" Um, that 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 comes back around as the film progresses. Yes, um, everything comes back. That's what I like about this is that there's a lot of the stuff they set up just as background details end up becoming things because on the subtitles, um, it, it made sure to uh, have the subtitles for the sleep announcement for the Dream Center, like come in, get your dreams, sleep, come to our Dream Centers, and so I'm like, well, okay, that is that is going to have something going on, which we learn it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um. So then we have um we have her she does she does one mission she does one mission the night of her sister um her sister's dinner. I wasn't really entirely sure what what, what that mission was per se. Yeah, cuz she was going in and essentially sabotaging what we'll find out is like an end product of the dream center. They're sort of collecting these memories which are dream memories. And she sees that one of her sister's memories, which is the scene we just saw of them talking, is put into this place. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, it's not really sure why it's it's filtering through there. Um, but they, uh, she blows up that facility in a real, like, interesting special effect where it sort of, like, starts to blow up from the... It's like just a pool of water underneath and it starts to, like, go from that down and then... Like just goes upward in this blue light, and then the rings above just sort of poof, explode. Um, and I assume, knowing what we know later on in the in the movie, it's to prevent those um, those uh, memories from being uploaded uh, at that point. But as to why that is interconnected, I'm not 100 sure. They don't really bring it back. Sure, it's more I think to introduce yes. this concept of. Of the sleep centers, why it's happening, and and you, the visuals, like it's it is visually interesting. Yeah, yeah. So this movie, ha- this movie has incredible visuals. I will say that was definitely one of the first things I took to. Um, I believe it's that sequence that feel that was the the very um, Mission Impossible or Matrix esque in terms of her. I think she's she's descending from a from a mm-hmm. ceiling on a, on a cable, and she's and she's kind of swimming around in the air. Um, I, I was really, I was really, I was really fascinated by all of the the visuals because it felt like that was probably a big focus for 
production yeah. was was nailing a lot of these a lot of these very specific shots. And while it did feel again like an homage to the Matrix to to Mission Impossible, it did there was a lot of uniqueness to a lot of the stuff that they were showing. And I wonder if that comes from the legacy of the of the animated show, or if that was just something that was a priority when they were when they were filming. I'm guessing it must be a mix of both of them. So what I find interesting is that the the T V show itself was inspired by German expressionism that comes from the nineteen mm-hmm. twenties. Um and that they filmed this in Berlin. And so there was a lot of that sort of European would be it's like Brutalism meets like wavy lines sort of architecture mm-hmm. that was in yeah. there. A lot of like stone and walkways, mm-hmm. gardens. Like it was, I, as, as yes. I was looking at it, I'm like, oh. Concentric circles. Yes. I'm yeah. like, oh, someone's someone's like art garden, you know, at, like the garden at an art center got filmed. Perfect location for some yeah. of these things, you know, courtyards. It, 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 it was perfect place for there to be a video game level where you have to stand behind half height. Oh my God. Yes, exactly. And the city itself is a giant circle. Um, where we get a lot of like over, like um, flyover shots of it for different reasons, and you can kind of see the uniqueness of all the buildings, the design. It's very symmetrical. It looks like like, mm-hmm. but or like at least everything's in very much like district areas, but a lot of um, square housing and round buildings. Like it just is an interesting mix of both of them. It, there's no architectural like consistency but it also feels like it all fits together that's the weird part about it i think it's meant to be a a sort of cosmopolitan mishmash because they have a lot of humans from different backgrounds and different like um nationalities and stuff that all nations are now gone so they're all just living in one place um which is also great for the casting because they just cast like a whole bunch of great character actors you know in these roles and stuff uh within it here too we we should talk about Frances McDormand, who is the sort of like like mission giver that that um, Aeon will like kind of go into her mind palace and see. And it's this sort of like courtyard room or like this light, like sort of like gallery room where where Frances McDormand is standing. There's a big light on her, and she is playing Lana Wachowski. She's just playing Lana Wachowski. <laughs> She's just Lana Wachowski. That is so funny. Yeah. So and they film her where she has this outrageous orange hair. And it, they, like, light her face, and I think with special effects too, but her face is, like, smoothed out and bright out, but, like, her features are still there. Um, but she looks like this. I, I, I'm, it almost seems like to me, I kept listening, and it, it felt like she was cast for her voice because she had a very much, like, oh, yeah. mother AI, calm, sort of, like, present voice but you know looked like an unhinged background character um from like a a harry potter reject or something it was weird i mean i will say i thought i thought she looked again it probably was makeup or or, or special effects she did look much younger than i than i think i've ever seen oh yes but absolutely was i think the special effects (laughs) she looked younger than when she was in fargo um i yeah but i her performance was solid um, she's, uh, yeah, so she keeps coming in there and it's interesting because one of the techs that exist here is essentially like p- pill tech. They have these pills they can take or like dissolvables oh, that access their mind palace. And so they can go to this yep. place, um, and, uh, which was a, uh, lecture hall 
that is in the University of Veterinary Medicine. It's their anatomical theater in uh, Berlin. Yeah, and that makes sense. It kind of looked like a like a surgery gallery yes. or something like that. That makes a lot of um, sense. And so um, they're all sort of on the ground floor, and Frances McDormand is always up above them. And yeah, so she gets the mission then that they need to do what they have been going for, which is they need to target um, Good Child. Yeah, his name is um, Good Child. It, that is such a. Yes. I know it has to be from like the 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 show, but like Good Child. It's like what 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 is what are you? Was that his name? Oh, like who who picked that to be? Like. It's so on the nose. I just don't under. It's so yes. Good subtlety is for cowards, Missy. Subtlety is. For I cowards. do you know. I just watched that series for the very first time on Monday. Uh, Garth, uh, Gareth Marenghi's Dark Place. Very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, exactly. Um, so also, 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 I think at one point they referred to him as the Good Child. Like not like not like it's his last name, but like it's a yeah, title. Yeah, and it was like, oh, oh, where's the good doctor when you need them? Yeah, but so that's where I was, I was a little worried that when we when those details get smattered in, you worry like, is this world just unmoored? Are we just so drifting with every sort of influence on it? But as we talked about, a lot of things come together. So I mean, I will I will say that, but I did I did once the um, once the mind palace with Francis McDormand was in, was introduced, I did cut my eyes did kind of glaze over a little. <laughs> well, that's because it was so white and bright. Like I don't understand how you could stare at that long without getting up. But um, yes, but but also just because I found the plot kind of mm-hmm. nonsensical. I mean, you do have to have a lot of eyes. It's, it is a nonsense plot. Yeah. Um. I mean, especially when it's like. Oh, nature's scary, and there's like you know nightmares and everything like that, and pill pill technology within the first fifteen minutes, you know. Yeah, it's a, it, it, the the story about how there's only one city and they only live within one city is always you can't go out of the city, you, you can't go out of the city, and then you they, they go out of the city and it's fine. Yeah, well, spoiler alert. I mean, yeah, um, and um, well, and the reason is is that it's so they're sort of ruled by a science protectorate it's like uh like just got a group of scientists headed by um trevor goodchild and then his brother orin goodchild um played by johnny lee miller um and uh they sort of are there with um, some other people that are ruling it but uh trevor is the lead boss person and um he is working on a cure for something that is affecting them because of the cure that they got for the industrial disease, which is what they call whatever wiped out uh, humanity. Yep. Yeah, and, and like again, there's this undercurrent of people are sick, people are having weird memories, people are disappearing. Um, at, one thing we should call out after after the initial mission to the dream pa- the, the the dream area. We see that her sister gets shot in the head. Oh yeah, no. Someone comes to knock, knock, boom, and then she's gone down. And then Charlie's yes. Aeon is like, la 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 la. I can't wait to get to dinner with my sister. And that is when they're conveniently bringing the body out and also taking mm-hmm. um, the sister's husband, Claudius, who we haven't really met yet. Um, he's gonna take away being like, I'm not a sympathizer. I'm not a sympathizer. And makes eye contact with Aeon, but doesn't call her out. So they just all pass her without um, 
saying anything. And Charlize just sort of goes into her head and it's like, oh my God, what have I done? All the sacrifices that I have to make for this. Okay, gotta get ready for the next mission. Yeah. Um, it, it goes by really fast. It does. This is well. But, this is only an hour and a half movie. We should also point that out, which yes. I did not mind. I don't feel like this. You, you love to you see. You love it. to see it. I think it had just enough ideas for ninety minutes. We. I don't need more extra. Like we don't need a bunch of flashback scenes with her and the sister and their relationship. Like we get little flashes that are enough to be like, okay, yeah, cool. Um, uh, they're obviously very close to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So then. We we're basically on to then the, the the main thrust of the movie, which is the big mission to go kill Good Child. Yes, and um, it is set up because they are wanting to take down the essentially like authoritarian system that is being put on there. Um, it's a network of people um, who uh, they work with, and she meets. Um, uh, another one of her um, people, who Monikin people, yes, her, like essentially another another like secret agent or assassin yes. or, or whatever whatever um, they Sithandra, are. Sandra, who is amazing, mm. um, who is played oh. by Sophie uh, Okanendo, um, Okorendo, yeah, Okanendo, um, who is in Death on the Nile, um, an amazing British character actress. Um, who they meet up. I'm happy you're happy because I was grossed the fuck out. What? By what? She has, she has, she doesn't have feet. She has surgically attached hands for feet. Was that really what so it like was? She, okay, yes, I was yes, trying to they, get that because, figured because out. Because they show, because they, they, because they show it very, like right when she shows up, they show it. Um, there's a, you can see the surgical like like the surgical scars for where they're attached at the ankle, and then and then and then her her hands essentially just run like her feet are just hands like I guess it was it must have been like CG or something, but gross me the fuck out. Do you know what's funny? I just assumed I was high and that I must have like just missed glanced, but when they got through a point, so they basically have like have to do a security run and there's a, a really cool sequence where they run through a garden so it looks like well how can this garden be protected there's no real guards or anything and this garden has all these fake fruits on these plants which are all just darts it is a they are dart gun like little grenades and they fire like thousands of darts each that feels like an over exaggeration but like it probably was about that much um and they just have to keep like just ahead of them so they're basically like moving so fast and keeping ahead of them and trying not to get it and of course um Sandra gets hit by some of them and then she has the idea to throw up um one of those spinny rope um uh oh, what are they called um they're like the cattle rope little balls on the end two ends of them thing anyway she throws one of those up and uh the darts hit it it explodes into like wood shards which then all the darts start targeting the wood shards instead of them so they make a clearing for it they then have to go through a freaking area where it has sensors on the ground and they have to go from stone to stone and not touch the blades of grass which are like human magnets and just will become blades that just uh mm-hmm. like beckon you to to stab yourself yeah. on them. Yeah. And we see and we see um Sithandra her 
one of one of her hands lands on one of it, and you see all the all the little blades going into the hand. This was really the. It was gnarly. This was really the like gross out period, right? Where I think I think I sent you my summary of the movie, and I, I this is the this ick is the part. Ick part. Oh yeah, between between hands for feet, and then millions of like like millions like not billions hundreds of blades going into the hand like triggering my trypophobia also it was it was nasty. well it also answers the question for me of like wait a minute why is her hands just totally fine afterwards when she lands on this it? because her hands are her feet um this is just a, a, a cut for any other taskmaster fans out there for once it, people who have always talked about wanting hands for feet this is your movie because it's there um i yeah so they get through that scene which was pretty cool, but it also to me was like, okay, this definitely comes post Matrix and felt like it got greenlit because, you know, people were trying to ride that wave of, well, what's the next thing that we can do with it? Um, yeah. I mean, there was there was that whole wave of like female led action movies. There was this, there was Ultraviolet, mm-hmm. there was Catwoman. I feel like. Early two thousands, there was Electra also. Oh Jennifer yes, Gardner's Electra. Um, yeah, there were just there was just a string of action movies um, led by women that all failed for various reasons. Um, and and yeah, this this is a good relic of it. I think I think of those movies, this is this is the one I, I would say I enjoyed the most. But I, I don't know that I enjoyed it overall. But but you know, in terms of in terms of stack ranking them, I would say this was probably the number one. I would I would say so too, especially. Given some more of the themes that we get into, that which I just it, it, really interesting. Um, gosh, and so then uh, Aeon gets to oh, so they get to the base, and then Sathandra is like, I'll wait outside, <laughs> and then Aeon's like, I'll go in. So she gets in there mm-hmm. and essentially gets um, the um, he's uh, Trevor is practicing a speech, so he goes into uh, like a lecture hall. And is like, okay, speech, speech, speech. And he's on the stage, and Aeon walks out from stage left, points the gun at him, and then they go into their fucking mind palaces and start tripping on memories or hallucinations or Mm -hmm. something. Like, they they are having memories of each other. We see they're very foggy. He he calls her a different name. Catherine. I believe before. Yes, he's like, Catherine. You're here. And she's like, what the fuck? And one of the memories we know for sure, fuzzy-wise, but I could tell was, oh, it's a vision of both of these two seeing each other in a like a, a New York street scene or like some sort of busy city scene. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. How do they have memories from the bef- like pre-area? And that's when I made I made the guess of what was going to be happening, and I thought to myself, oh, "Fuck, are they clones? I like, what is this? Like clone memories, background residual DNA memories, something happening?" Um, and so then she doesn't shoot him, and it's it just captured, you know, because uh, she just is like sort of dumbfounded. I I have to say th- this is a re- appropriate time to say because. The entire time I'm watching this, I was thinking, like, um, why do her boots have wedges? Like, like, why is she, why is she wearing, why was she wearing, like, all white? Why was she wearing, why was she wearing, why, why do all of her outfits have to have heels? Why do her boots have wedges? And then they explained that there was actually a practical reason for the boots to have wedges. Yeah, so, wait, wait, what was it again? I can't remember. 
So so they give her something to drink, and it has something. It has some sort of like powder in it. And she goes, "Ha ha! I, I I know that you're. I knew you were gonna give me something to drink." And so she takes a, like a sample of it out of like with a vial out of her That's shoe. That's right. Like she opens the back of her shoe. She takes a vial out. She takes a sample, puts it back, doesn't drink the drink, and then escapes. That's right. I saw her pouring the stuff. I didn't quite realize what exactly. I think I had just missed the part where she reached for her shoe. But yeah, um, well, and she escapes. Um, because she had previously set a bunch of little, so she had a ring and she could basically pluck the ring and the ring popped little discs out. And then those discs, discs sort of like just plinked around on the ground. She then starts whistling in her cell. The discs became or become balls that start rolling in formation down the hallway is a great sequence. It was a great sequence. Don't, don't shake your head. No, no, no. <laughs> There's just a string of, of ball bearings running past people, and they just don't even, they don't even they, just, they, just, they just keep walking And by. they align themselves against the wall, and she's like, good boys. Then jumps to the other side of the cell. They rip the wall off. They don't explode. It's almost like they just, like, all move up with force and then just pull the wall off. And she escapes. Um, and they're basic. So I, I can't remember the exact sequence within here. But I, 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 I will admit I just wasn't making um, it. I know that essentially what happens is he's like, huh, okay, why did I kind of let her escape? And she's like, why did he let me escape? And mm-hmm. um, they're trying to process their memories. Oren then has a sort of like murmur meeting where he's like, hmm, whisper, whisper. They um, let her escape, and he, you know, didn't kill her. And, you know, we've killed every other one of the rebels that we've mm-hmm. encountered. So yep. what's going on here? Um, the good child has gone Yes. Yeah, so they're like, okay, well, we're not going to do anything yet. So then they are given um, a, a, a second chance to do the mission. I think France, I think there's another Francis McDormand uh, mm-hmm. Aeon scene. Uh, between there, but I know she at least meets with. Um, oh my God, these names are so the impossible. other, the other Sithandra, um, and he's like, "Have yeah. you been mission?" She's like, "Not yet." It's like, "How come?" I, I need more time. And I'm like, "Okay, fine." All this uh, leads to her meeting him again, um, and when they meet each other, he's basically like, all of a sudden, he's like, "Yes, you you were called to me. You were gonna come to me this whole time. I've been waiting." She's like, "Get out of my head. What are you doing? Who are you? Why do I know you?" And 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 then they just like he gets like real close to her and aggressive, but it's not like assault. It's like not assaulty. It's just like he can't help himself. It's like there's a there's chemistry. Yeah. She's trying to resist it, but you can see. And then they face smash each other so fucking hard. They just like. It is like sport fucking the enemy. It's like when James Bond like just fucks his target. He's like, oh, I can't kill you. You're a yes. pretty woman. And he's like, oh, I can't. You're so mm-hmm. gorgeous. And so then cut oh. to them both nude in bed. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. So she wakes up and then she's like, fuck, I'm in game mode now. Oh, shit. What'd I do? Chokes. Like, I was supposed to kill him, but instead I just yeah. fucked him. Oh, oh no. no. So chokes him out. And you're not 100% sure if he's dead or not. You assume probably not. And she sees her ring on the floor. She's like, ah, yes, where I left my ring. But not before we do a sexy uh, a sexy dressing montage where not one, but both legs are shown getting those long stockings pulled up on them in case you wanted some of that good old, you know, 
ankle porn uh, in there. I was already pretty excited because of all the the running around on all fours. Oh yes, yeah. it was it was very much like uh, Charlie's soft corn. I enjoyed it, um, and. <laughs> So that leads to his private library because she acts when she picks up the ring, it clicks on a spot on the floor where it just sort of goes zoo 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 into a spiral ca- uh, case downward, mm-hmm. and they get into his library, and she's exploring his stuff in the library. Does does this happen before or after they trade? He passes her a pill while they're kissing. Um. I, I there's a think... there's a pill that is passed while they're kissing and it that was fucking nasty. Yeah, and because it, it happened earlier. That's right. That happened with an earlier messenger, like at the beginning of it, and then he does it again. I think that must be in between the interrogation or something. And I think mm. she takes it when yeah. she gets back, and then that's what prompts her again to come back in there. You're right. I forgot about that underlying part of it. So then she goes down to his lab or his library mm-hmm. and then finds this like this tentacly device that straps itself to her and i'm like oh jesus this is going all sorts of like fetishy into it and mm-hmm. she pushes the button in the middle and it glows red and she voips out and voips into this white lab room with all these experiments with different colored beakers and powders and like the prop person worked really hard just to have everything look unique and different and very scientific um, but she, what she finds is not any results that she cares about. No, no, this is all too much for her. But what she does see is a photo of herself. And it's a photo that is clearly from a before time because we see plants and trees in nature in the background. And mm-hmm. she's like, why am I in a photo in here? And then she voids back and one of uh, Oren's hench people um, who is... Freya, played by um, Caroline uh, Shikizzi, another amazing um, character actress from Britain, just killing it. And she's like right there when she pops out, like, gotcha! Uh, and then she shoots a couple shots and she voips back, back away. And then she's like investigating, they're like, ah, I hit her, but what do I do? Aeon voips back and then they just have a fight, just a full on fight in that oh, library. Th- this fight. This fight was almost too much. So much leg fighting, all this legs. They voip into the lab and then just, of course, are throwing each other everywhere and they're shattering glasses and beakers and and then you, you got you got to, you got to mention the the piece de resistance, which is what she pulls her earring out. Oh of no, her, I forgot! I forgotten. Oh my god! With her malleable tongue, she licks like yeah. the earring to her mouth, and the girl's like, "What?" And then she's like, "Oh no, I realize what you're gonna do." And Jessica yeah, yanks the earring out. Um, it's rough. And then, stuff. and then and then they have the rest of the fight with her fucking earlobe bloody. Yes. Um, but she yeah. So of course Aeon um gets out from there. And now, Some, somehow, somehow, part of that, she also finds out where her sister is. Yes. Uh, it's, oh, it's like where's your sister's location, and it's like at this address. But I, I well, she figures that out. Well, because because the next thing that she does is, I believe, she goes straight there. I thought that was after the going up into the the balloon. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, there's a balloon. So there's this giant memorial balloon they talk about, which is just there to remind everyone of like, ah, we found a cure and of the life, you know, we can look up to the skies and like see what it is. Um, Not ominous at all. Not ominous at all. So she determines at some point I need to get up there. 
So she goes up there to figure out what's going on. And in a interesting sequence where she... So this thing has some convenient ribbons that are just frailing down underneath it. It's like a giant Zeppelin-type ship, um, and, but like of steel. And she holds on to one of the uh, strains at the bottom and like like leg grabs onto it. She's hanging upside down and she flips around and she starts climbing up it. Then cut to she's in it, you know, great. Where then she sees mm-hmm. uh, Peter Postwaite, who is another again, amazing British character actor um, who looks like death. <laughs> he is old and um, has like no, uh, he's like very hairless. Um, I did wonder if he maybe was in treatment for cancer at this point and had just gotten done with it and was filming with it um, because I know that is something that he went through. Um, But it was just interesting seeing him in that design where it was like totally hairless and then wearing a giant golden like, it looked like, what would be the word? Um, What are those things called? A caftan kind of with like a hood on the back of it. And he's just Mm -hmm. there being like, ah, you're here, you're back. And then he voips out into whatever other realm is there. And she's like, okay, I need to figure out more of, oh, it's because she got a tape recording of his experiments and it mentioned her sister's name and it said she's part of group 6B or 5B. Mm -hmm. Um, But either way, it's a B group. So she goes up there to figure out what's going on with the B group and she gets her sister's name and it says that they have basically been reprocessed and they are now at this location. She's like, okay, I'm going to that location. Cut to. She's like, there. Um, and she kicks in the door. And she's like, where's my fucking sister at? And they're like, we don't like know what you're talking about. And the computer said they'd be under the name Sasha something else last name. So then she looks around the corner. And what does she see? But a little baby. And she looks in the baby's eyes. And cut to it's their sister's eyes. And then she's like, Oh my god, they cloned you. It's clones. It is clones. And um, then they just straight up throw a concussion grenade. Oh, uh, Trevor shows up. And he's basically like, oh my god, they're going to come here. And they throw a concussion grenade into there. And they're basically like, take the baby, get out of here. The family gets out just in time. They just sort of like stick around for the concussion grenade to hit. But then wait and then, you know, jump the, the people who are coming in to shoot them, which are representing the the government, um, because Orin has formed a coup and it's basically said, oh, because they see footage of Aeon Flux fucking with her brother. So they're basically, uh, or his brother. So he's basically like, yeah, I have to give it in. And and one of the people on the council is like, yeah, this is really sucks that you have to take over, right? It's awfully convenient that you're next in line. And Orin's just like, it's the way it is sometimes. So then um, she's like, fuck. Um, uh, essentially, there's a part where the people that are on the mission with her, there's a background where they have to, like, relieve um, uh, Wissandra. And they she, she's hiding in a pond with, like, a straw in her mouth. And she, like, pills herself underwater. It's actually kind of neat. But they're like, okay, target is Aeon Flux. The, she's the main target as well as fulfill the mission. So a good child is the target after that. But you need to target both of them. I'm like, okay. So the so Trevor and um, uh, Trevor and Aeon essentially have a conversation, and they break down. And it's like, yes, we have been cloning everyone because the vaccine made everyone infertile. That was the unfortunate thing. 
but I have figured out the side effects. I've been studying people, and we think we have a cure because your sister was pregnant. And um, through natural through means, natural means yes. And uh, he also was able to research at some point how everyone died from that patient group, and all of them died via police action. So he's realizing, oh shit, Orin ordered the hit because he's the one in charge of that group. So it was Orin's forces the whole time that have been um, working to set this up. And it's like, that's why he took over the coup. Um, and everything like that. So they are going to be targeted by Orin and a hit squad. The four people who are sent, uh, including uh, Wissandra, to take Eon out, uh, climb up the towers that uh, Eon had earlier climbed up to get to the um, the uh, reliquary up, uh, which is what they call the, uh, the giant floating thing. This sounds crazy when you try and explain it, but in my head, this all makes sense. I'm like, no, this film, this all added up together for me. <laughs> I'm I'm glad it, I'm glad one of us. Yeah, oh yeah, it's exactly. Um, and so then, and uh, basically, Charlize sees the flash of the sniper scope off of uh, Wissandra's gun, and looks up and can kind of recognize shape. Okay, it's her. Then turns and looks at her directly to be like, "Hey, you know, remember, please remember." Kind of like vein, brain vibing with her, and they're like, "What's our mission?" Uh, target Aeon first. She like doubles down. And then all of a sudden, last moment, uh, sh- uh, excuse me, Tess. <laughs> that, a, a fight like that breaks out. Like you just heard with the cats. That's what happened. So um, they target um, the security forces and Orin. And because uh, with Sandra takes the shot, but shoots Orin first instead. And they say, mission has changed. Cover them. So they start taking out all the guards that's surrounding them. Uh, Aeon and Trevor then sort of run. He gets hit. Um, she's taking people out. They're getting across the courtyard. Um, and uh, one of the people is downed, but they're able to get uh, most of the security forces taken out. And Trevor and uh, Aeon get, uh, get insecure. She does this weird thing where she takes grafts of her skin off of her, puts it onto his bullet holes after taking the bullets out, and heals him. And she's like, okay, we have to destroy the cloning tech. We like we we are losing our minds because we're getting these residual mm-hmm. memories. It's haunting us. Yep. We're clearly like people can't be here anymore. Like we're just you know yeah. losing our minds. The cl- the clones are breaking down. Essentially, yes, we have been copying ourselves so much that we're. It's like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy at this point. We're losing something in it. And it would be better for us to die. It is better for us to die and because life is meant to end versus living this sort of thing. Because the whole point is that Orin wanted to live forever. He doesn't want to uh, have people um, become pregnant mm-hmm. and start new generations, which then means that it, they would become obsolete. He wants to stay in control. Yeah, He wants, he wants control. Yeah, control and also just to live forever, you know. Because um, cloning works. We figured it out. And they're like, it doesn't work. Look at us. We're like losing our goddamn minds. You're losing your mind because you just think you're like, you know, meant to uh, stay on eternal. Um, and oh, yeah. And part of their deal is that Trevor and Orin have taught their clones of themselves every single time, which we never got into where their clones of them are now. I thought that was going to play into it. Like, oh, Orin was going to attack their like protégés and kill them but like it just never mm. was brought up so i don't even know if they'd gone through that cycle yet who knows 
that was that was weird. He talks about how he's like the seventh in a line, and he's always taught his next clone yeah. to love her specifically and her, and her name and everything. And so it's like he had basically himself as a, as a dad teaching him who he needs to love. And they show him like him talking to like a teenager. It was like this is weird. Yes, and but and they were told her DNA was destroyed. So it's like, well, there's this gal. Like, so it's basically like, oh, my 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 wife, uh, she's dead now, but she's awesome. But you know, so just make sure to remember how awesome our dead wife is. Keep that memory, you know, alive. Mm-hmm. Um, which then explains why everyone was so surprised that she's there. Because like, Catherine, you're destroyed. You shouldn't be in the system. Um, and so they they also essentially figure out. Uh, they meet with Oren again before they have their final, like, you know, send off where they kill him. And he's like, yeah, I learned that they were becoming pregnant. And not only were they becoming pregnant, other people that weren't part of the study were becoming pregnant. Nature is healing itself. Like, it's it, we don't need the clones anymore. So that's why I started, like, she's like, you just started killing people that weren't even on it. And he's like, well, I'm cloning, you know, they're coming back. So what am I, you know, is it really matter if they, you know, die and disappear in this time? Um, Cause we've perfected it. And she's like, fuck that. And then in a cut scene where it just cuts a lot of the action out because we already know how she got up there once. She's like, okay, I'm going to yoink, jump back up, you know, <laughs> jump cut scene through my uh, video game action here onto the ship again, where she meets with um, the keeper and he's basically like, Hey there. And she's like, so I was supposed to be destroyed? He's like, yes, I know, because I was the one in charge of destroying you. And he, you, you see he was like um, almost like a morgue technician, but he was mm-hmm. there to just preserve people. And he, they're like, this one's corrupted. Oren's like, this one's corrupted. You can't use it. And he's like, I realized that you were important. I looked at you and I saw something was important. And, and, he, and so he looked at the, in, in the past time, he's like, the DNA is good. And the person's like, no, destroy it. So he didn't destroy it, and he didn't put her back into the system, which implies that he's been cloned for a while, and it looks like this clone is at the end of its life cycle. Um, I I wasn't sure about that. Part of me felt like it was giving me a vibe of, like, this guy has been alive the whole time. That was the other thing I thought, is that maybe it's implied he has some sort of tech where he can keep himself alive for 400 mm-hmm. years, apparently. Um, but no yeah. one else has done that. So the only thing I would question is then the, then it gets into how has that person done it? But either way, um, he's like, I've done it. And now is the time for it to end now that you're back. So you can go ahead and, yes, blow up the, the clone technology up here. Blow up the reliquary. Blow me up, too. I'm fine. Like, I've been good. Like, I'm tired. And she's like, okay. Thumbs up. Does it. That's how it ends. And the... Reliquary, as it is crashing, conveniently crashes uh, into no buildings, but into the wall and, like, hits the wall, goes vertical, flips lands, and, like, crumbles the wall and also goes, like, even further outside of it. Like, it just has momentum. Uh, And then it ends the film with all of them, like, looking out the wall and you see uh, a big old forest and there's nature sounds and it is, you know, nature has healed itself. And that's when we get to the final lines of the film, which is to live once, but with hope. That is what she said. And that's what it is to be human. Film. 
And then, then, then they cut to a, a, a scene on like a traditional like city street, not 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 this um oh, society, right. but like you know what you would consider a city street where they they're meeting. And I was confused that 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 was like when they first met her. That was before all of this stuff happened, right? It was something like I, yeah. I I don't know if it was the last time he saw his wife or it was the first time they were yeah. meeting. Because he basically was like, Kathleen, but it wasn't, it, like, am it, I going to see you again? And she just like, like smiles and walks away. Yeah. So I don't know when that was meant to be. Right. But but it wasn't it wasn't that they they reestablished society and then that was like ten years later or something because there's no way. No no no. It just okay, it, okay. It, it is just literally they just wanted to show us the memory they've been like teasing this whole time and it mm-hmm. just is sort of like you know. Don't get me wrong. I guess yeah. Well, I didn't really. I didn't care. Question... Young Charlize Theron. I'm, I'm here true. for it. I, I, I didn't. I didn't really question the place of it. I felt like yeah, that was a nice way to get to be. Is just you know what they were striving to. What they were striving to create, which was the the humanness of of it all. So yeah, yeah. It just was an interesting film. I thought it was a mess, but I did. I did. Um, I did really enjoy Charlize in it. I thought she did the best that she could. They put her in insane outfits. We didn't talk about her pajamas, which are just like a bunch of a bunch of cables that go from around oh, her neck to over her yes. breasts. Yes, yeah. Um, it, it's funny because this was PG thirteen, I assume, because there's no real like heavy swearing. There's no huge violence or nudity. Like there's some blood, but not a lot of it. Um, and so uh, it, it just was interesting how they, like, close they got to, like, having revealing outfits that really weren't. But that was the most revealing because it was just, yes. like, straps that went over her her tatas. Mm-hmm. And then you got some side boobs yes. from it, which was nice. Well, I mean, I, well, I, at first they showed her waking up and I was like, what is she wearing? And then later they showed the whole outfit and I was just like, one, she takes everything off to sleep in that. <laughs> just she- to put that on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause her, her outfit, her outfit very clearly did not have any, like, there were no bras underneath there. So like the whole, um, her, her main outfit was also large, was very transparent and see-through, especially like in the arms, the top was like all meshed. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, they made some choices with the costumes on this movie. But you know what? She always looked great in them. what do you think of Charlize's performance? I thought it was great. Um, I, she has amazing charisma on screen. Um, she sells it, uh, all of the changes that she goes through, the belief mm-hmm. of her trying to resist her attraction to Trevor and then giving in. Like, I was, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, it, good, believable action lead. Yeah, I, I, I really liked it. I also really wished that she had a better opportunity. And I guess, I guess she gets that later in her career, yeah. as we'll cover. But this is the same year that, um... Batman Begins and Mr. and Mrs. Smith come out. Oh, wow. That really puts this in a time and place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, also, also the War of the Worlds, the Spielberg War of the Worlds, and Peter Jackson's King Kong. And it's it's Um, post-Matrix finishing up. It's also post-Lord of the Rings, too. So you have that level of, like, practical effects Mm -hmm. and stuff. It is, it is interesting. There are, there were some moments where the digital effects were lacking, it just was from that era of, like, the texturing wasn't all the smoothest, but it was fine because it didn't distract enough where I was just like, oh, this looks like terrible or whatever. But I could see, compared to some of those other films, this one maybe not quite landing visually as some of those do. Although, 
I, I thought again, it was a great film to look at. Nothing was, yeah, you know, nothing was was actively making me go ick, except for the one moment with the with the blade blood. <laughs> and 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 the earring. The oh earring. God, yeah, and the earring. Ah, ugh. Yeah, again, again, the seeing that it was Karen Kusama made the blades on the hands and the earring make a lot more sense to me. I was like, okay, yeah, no, I get it. She's a she's a fucking sicko. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I genuinely wonder. Um, I did read. Um, actually, no, I take that back. I genuinely wonder what Charlize would say about this movie now if you talk to her. Like, does she even remember that she was in this? Probably, but you know, I'm sure she has thought of it as a fun one and done. She got to go film in Berlin. You know, everything yeah. I've heard about her it sounds like she's very down to earth, and so I'm sure she'd talk about it and be like, "Yeah, it was a fun job. I, you know, didn't go over as well as we wished, but you know, I had a good time on it. I got to be in an action film." Mm-hmm. I, part of me does wonder, does think that she might be like, "Oh yeah, that was that was trash." Possibly. We'll I wonder. Thinking. I will have to see. I'm gonna have yeah. to to go and and uh, ferret and find any interviews she might have given after. Yeah, after this was done, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I will say it, it It did feel similar to, we've talked on, on, on a different version of this podcast, uh, Jupiter Ascending, which I is another sort of that too. Fa- failed sci-fi like um, like pilot or, 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 you know, a unique take on an IP. I thought this made a lot less sense than Jupiter Ascending, and that's saying something because Jupiter Ascending is often accused as, like, not making sense. Um, I think... But I also... Hmm. But, go ahead. No, go ahead. I feel like the bones are there that in like a longer uh, in a longer story where they could flesh out a lot of these things you could you could see this you could see it come together and I guess that's what uh, essentially happened with the TV version of it but um I think it was just going to be a hard sell to sell that much of a plot and establish that much of a world in 90 minutes or even 2 hours. That's uh, I think that is true. I also think that they did the best the best job they could of it. Given, I'm sure that like I I could tell there's there's details that were just skipping over that I'm sure would make more fleshed out sense from the TV series. But I also had just mm-hmm. enough to keep me interested and and going. Like yeah, I just I honestly I think the fact that it was 90 minutes helped it edit and smoother. It, I didn't have a chance to overthink in the moment too much about what was going on. I just sort of accepted it. Where I think with Jupiter Ascending, there was a lot longer beats to be like. So he's the dog person. He's just a, he's just a weird dog soldier. Like okay, it's like, wow. Okay, you know. But in this, it just was like, yeah, it's cloning and dreams and you know, uh, sexy outfits. Yeah, I, I will say if I if I ever started a um, post pandemic society that I got to rule and make everyone dress, I probably would dress them very similar to the people in. Brighton. Oh yeah, no, it's it's gorgeous. People should look up some of the stills of this movie or like a few scenes. It's just amazing, and the the sites they use in Berlin just really lend into a, a dystopian, but trying to be, it's like a dystopian meets utopian vibe as he as he sort of said yeah it has like r- uh, brutalism and uh with whimsy i don't know it's strange it's a mm-hmm. it's a fun i liked i i liked this dystopian dystopian society it's not the worst dystopian society we've ever seen in in one of these films no no definitely not like the the, the people aren't visibly oppressed in the way that I think a lot of dystopians are, but you can tell they're oppressed, not just because there's a resistance, but the, again, the like CD undertone of the whole, the, the whole thing. Oh yeah. And exactly. And the fact that it's like very prevalent that 
everyone is having these memory things. It's not just like, oh, uh, Aeon and Trevor are, you know, the uniques in this society. It's like, no, everyone mm-hmm. is, like, dealing with it. They have the entire entire yeah. thing. Like, that might be something that it would be interesting to get a little bit more into. But I think also because they didn't get into more of it, I think it was to lend into the surprise later on about the cloning. You know, they just left it in as more of a background information for it on there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. know what I'd want to add. I think it's just, it's a perfect, unique snapshot of that era of of trying it is to, not perfect I, to i'm capture... not gonna let you say it's perfect it is not perfect in any way i'm sorry i look i kind of liked this movie it is not perfect it has a lot of problems it's a perfect little snapshot of an era where they were trying to capture the post matrix um try and think of the word Martial arts meets dystopia, you know, action film. And that did not succeed, I think, in every idea, but had enough going for me to like it. No, it's not a perfect movie. It really isn't. It's just, it's a, it's an, I think it's just a perfect little snapshot of that time and era of like, oh, yes, I forgot. So many people were trying to recapture this. Now that I've seen The Matrix and knowing, oh, okay. I think the large part of this is is trying to capture that. There's no other reason this got, course, you yes. know, greenlit. And with that context being like, oh, well, I don't think this is that bad. But yeah, compared to what people had just seen, this is a this is messier. It's it's extremely messy. It's because just like the spores from all the flowers and everything, all that sporing, you know, imagery, because it's like seeding, which is what's happening with the society. It's all about the seed. And trying to have nature seed itself. I'm going to go jam my hand into a thousand needles. Your feet hand or your hand hand? Just the hand hand. That's the only oh, one I have. It's a shame my hand. Or, it's a shame my hands aren't my feet. It really is. It was fucking gross. It was fucking gross. All right. Next next uh, time on She's an Actress. Whoa! We're going to cover the film. I think the 2010 film, I believe. Young adult. Yeah, I'm excited for this. So, y- young adult is uh, it it, it features um, Charlize. It features Patton Oswalt. There's some other actors whose names I can't remember. It was directed. It was written by Diablo Cody, and it was directed by Jason Reitman in their first um, team up after Juno. And and yeah, I I really like this movie. I'm gonna warn you, this movie is pretty depressing. Okay. Um, but it's, 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 it's depressing in a satire way, but I think it, it, it doesn't do the thing where you think the people who are, who are awful in it are cool. You do not think the people in this Got movie it. are yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's depressing, but it's not like bleak and hopeless like Monster was, you know? It's not as bleak as Monster was. It is kind of bleak. Okay, yeah. So I think, but if you say, if it's a satire and there's comedy in it, I can take it with a grain of salt, like with some laughs mixed mm-hmm. in. I, part of my struggle with Monster is there's nothing funny about anything that's happening. So yeah. you just are living yeah. in, uh, in a bummer of a place <laughs> within that. So. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be, it'll be good to, to see this first off pairing since we're going to be doing Tully as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so then join us next week for Young Adults. And as we always say to end the show, the kids are like, Matrix, Matrix, Matrix. And I'm like, we have Matrix at home.
Bzzz. Blink. You didn't mention that she catches a fly with her eye in the opening. That's the opening. I, we didn't. We, we didn't. We didn't need to. We didn't need to. This podcast is over. <laughs>